Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, no matter where you're listening, around the world, this is Sedona Talk Radio. Hello, hello, and this is our wondrous world, a world so full of wonders and they will never end. This is Helena Steiner-Hornstein speaking to you again, and this time I'm back in beautiful Florida, back in the wonderful country called the United States of America. I'm always very happy to come back here and uh, from wherever I have been. Of course, I love the world. I love to be where I am, wherever I am. But it's nice to be back here in the sunny state of Florida because I know in other places, in the world, uh, in the Northern Hemisphere, you don't have this kind of beautiful sunny sky and and green grass in front of you the way I have right now. So it's great to be back, and uh, today I have a very special guest, and this is Karen Tate. Karen, uh, you are there. I know that because I just spoke to you. Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Hello, Karen. And, you know, for me it's not good morning anymore. It's lunchtime. And because I'm Florida, and uh, you are in uh, California. Where are you? Yes, I'm in California, Venice Beach. I'm sitting here with my first cup of coffee. Wow, it sounds so nice. And Venice Beach, tell me a little bit about the place where you are. Well, you know, I was hearing you describe Florida, and, you know, uh, you reminded me uh, of uh, our weather here. We've been so lucky. I feel so sorry. Uh, for our listeners in other parts of the country who are suffering with the cold weather because it's been so warm here. We're having a drought. We haven't had uh, hardly any rain, hardly any snow. Uh, The temperatures have been in like 70 degrees. It doesn't feel like winter at all. Uh, It's beautiful, but, uh, you know, we we need some moisture. (laughs) Yes, I think we all do. You know, we have the same problem here that... uh, we ha- don't have enough rain, and uh, I have I live just on the water here on on the lake, and uh, I cannot believe how it can stay the way it does because it's not raining <laughs> to to make it kind of fill up at all. Well, but you know, here we in California, you know, in Los Angeles, it's um, you know we have to have the water piped in from Northern California. You know, all of this beautiful green you see is really artificially created because this area was more like a desert. So it really concerns me, you know, this, I, you know, I, the climate change, how things are, you know, really getting warmer. Uh, I think it's going to be affecting us all, you know, adversely uh, before too long. You know, I think it's going to become pretty clear. You know, you come up with some which is really, and we're not supposed to speak about this at all, but somehow it's tied to whatever we do nowadays. And um, we will probably speak a little bit more about it because I'm very concerned myself about the environment and that we don't have enough, for instance, of the water. And even in some places in Sweden, uh, I have friends who run out of water, and this is in the countryside. So they have yeah. a truck coming in every week just to provide them with water. So something yeah, is happening with the world. Well, you hear, you know, that you know, with the ice caps melting, you know, the polar bears or starving, um, you know, it's it's really uh, it, it's really a scary proposition, and you know, corporations that you know don't want to invest in trying to help fix this have so much of the population uh, fooled that there's nothing to worry about, and um, you know, I'm really worried that we'll never do anything about it, or we'll we'll realize we should have done something when it's too late. That is always the case. You know, we are slow learners, and unfortunately, so are we ruled by the corporate world and the, those who want to make money out of everything. And you and I think alike on this, and we are actually into the spiritual world. But still we have, because we are, we have a different kind of consciousness, I would think. And that's why we see a little bit beyond what we regularly see around us. Isn't that so? 
Well, I think so, you know, um, and I describe how you and I think uh, as sort of, um, you know, the ideals of the sacred feminine. You know, we think about the us and the we rather than the I and the me. And, you know, in these corporations are only thinking about their bottom line. They're not thinking about how what they do affects um, you know the environment infect you know affects you know the local communities they're in uh you know affects the economy you know it's only about them and you know it's this very selfish mentality where um you know feminine ideals tend to have a broader uh scope you know in, instead of you know having this sort of tunnel vision about you know it's all about me it's all about i and me and you know my ego my success my wealth um you know women tend to you know look at the bigger picture you know most of the time you know i'm talking in generalities uh but i i, I think that's uh generally an attribute of uh of the feminine or the sacred feminine you know we think about what's best for the most of us um, yes. You know, you think about women with their families. You know, how is what I'm going to do affect everybody in my family, not just what's best for me, you know? Yeah, and this is the way, you know, this is the way nature has created us also. Women were supposed to take care of the children and the house. And when you are together with your family and you have these children all around you, you have to be diversified. You have to be able to look at the whole picture and not right. only think about yourself. In fact, not to think about yourself, but to do everything else for for your surrounding. So now we got right into this. So I'm speaking with um, goddess expert, Karen Tate. Uh, Karen is an author. She's a speaker. She's a radio host. And she is also a tour guide. But the sacred... Uh, what is that? Is a certain kind of tour guide. What what kind of tour guide well, are you? I take people to sacred sites of goddess around the world because there are thousands and thousands of them, which uh, you know surprises me. Comes as a surprise to people. Um, so yeah, we travel. You know, uh, I've traveled across five continents. Uh, you know, chasing down sacred sites of goddess. And sometimes and I what take people is with this me. A sacred site. What does that uh, mean? Uh, if you say yeah. that to people, what do they understand it to be, and what is it really? Really? Well, you know, um, there are all different sorts of sacred sites. You know, a sacred site can be an archaeological site where an ancient temple used to stand or maybe it's been rebuilt today, you know, as a tourist destination. Uh, it can be um, a sacred well or stream that may have, uh, you know, the people in the area, you know, thought to have healing qualities. Uh, it could be um, a church you know, uh, it could, uh, and I actually look at museums as sacred sites of goddess because even though we don't have a lot of contemporary churches or temples to the sacred feminine today, uh, I see the museum as a sacred temple because you walk in there, you see her image, you can learn all about her history, uh, you know, all about uh, maybe the living traditions that still honor goddess. It's undeniable. You know, it's right there in front of you, and it can't, you know, it's not swept beneath the rug of patriarchy. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to ask you what is goddess, but before I say that, I'm going to tell you what I, because I can, I walked all the way uh, in the one I am, or now have turned out into being. Uh, I began as being a gifted child, a child who could see, you know, beyond the dimensions. I could talk to those who were on the other side that is deceased uh, and in spirit. I could talk with the animals. I was very good in picking lottery num numbers that were going to win and so on. I was simply on a different level. And people always felt that this child, or what she told them, that was something that was important already when I was small. So I had this thing about me. And uh, then I... Uh, came to school, and they changed my programming completely. When I told the teacher about my angels and so on, she, didn't, she thought I was just telling stories. She said, oh, no, you don't see that, and you don't know that, and that's only in the Bible, and that's only in the churches and so on. So I was just diminished to a nobody. So it took me years to, to come back to 
the one I truly was. But in that meantime, of course, I was surrounded by other people, usually by men and boys, because I grew up with boys, and uh, my best friends were always boys. And when I heard such a thing as a goddess, I think I thought I was kind of something really stupid. And when I turned into a teenager and heard uh, uh, girls or women talk about goddesses, I thought this was a lesbian thing, you know. <laughs> I really did. <laughs> and, uh, and I just left it by the side. And, of course, now I turn into the greater wisdom and, uh, you know, I do my healing uh, every day. Yes, I do it every day over Skype or over the telephone with someone in the world. So I'm a totally in a different frame of mind and have a different consciousness. So now I feel, wow, this is something that is very, very important. So what is goddess? Not the goddess, but goddess. Well, you know, it's it's, it's interesting. You're, you're talking about how you've come full circle, you know, and I think um, I think a lot of us have come full circle. We sort of go back to where we started uh, because we realized that there was some value there that uh, we've been brainwashed or conditioned to forget or sweep under the rug. Um, you know, there's so much to what we're talking about. There's so many layers, you know, the interconnection. Uh, you know, that we have to the outer, you know, to, to nature, to the spirit world, um, you know, and, and, you know, we were talking before about, uh, you know, what's happening out there with the climate and, you know, it, 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 everything is interconnected. Everything is interconnected. And, yeah. you know, I, I think when uh, we, 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 uh, we leave our childhood and we go out into the world. We are influenced by patriarchy, rule of the fathers, the men, the yes, privileged. Yes, we are. And, you know, I always tell people that, and they don't really quite believe me when I say, well, this world, this, is, this civilization was created by the male energy. It's sort of control and rules and so on. Well, and, and you know, it, it's, we have accepted it as normal. For so long, without thought, yeah. you know, we've just been like sheeple, not questioning anything. Um, and, and in some cases, I, don't, I, I think there are, are so many people who don't realize that there, were, there was something else. You know, it wasn't always like this. It doesn't have to be like this. And so what, uh, happened? You know, what happened in history that turned it into this? male-oriented energy. If you think of just, you know, how you build a house, it's to fit the man many times. So when I've been to a house where I said, oh, this is such a practical house, the woman would say, well, I designed it together with my article, architect. I told him how to do it, you know. And then we have a different house altogether, which is right. more practical in every way. Well, you know, first of all, you know, goddess, you asked what is goddess, and this this is all sort of ties in together, but, you know, you think of the goddess, and here, going back to the museums, you can verify this, goddess was worshipped, you know, at least 30,000 years ago, there's some artifacts that are even older than that, but think about that for a minute, goddess was worshipped 35 years ago by people on this planet, and how long have we been um, talking about a male god? Only a few thousand years compared to 30,000 years. So there was something long before this male-dominated society. So, you see, here's how it goes. If you only acknowledge mythology with a male god, which we are doing right now in our current world, then you end up with a society that is dominated by men. This, when the world was uh, worshiping a female uh, deity, goddess, you know, we believe that things were different. We think there was more of an egalitarian society. There was maybe more partnership between men and women, you know, in different parts of the world. There are different societies that maybe point to that. And things shifted, you know, things shifted. The, the feminine uh, went from being you know, equal or elevated to being diminished. And when, the, when goddess became diminished, 
uh, by association, women did too, and women become second-class citizens. I mean, look at the Bible. Look what happens to Eve. You know, um, there, there's one version of Genesis where, um, you know, Adam and Eve are created together, but that one was cast aside for the version that, you know, Eve is created from the rib of Adam, you know, yeah. uh, and, and woman becomes subservient and in service to men. And we have this whole Bible ecology um, of, uh, you know, where uh, men, you know, uh, you know, you have God and then you have men right underneath God in this hierarchy and everything else is there to serve men, whether it be women, yes. whether it be our, you know, natural resources on the planet, whether it be our species, everything is there to serve men. We have this male authority and that's what, that's the domination we have been living under for thousands of years. And that's the way we have thought also that it, you know, it was normal if we went out in war and killed other people and killed women and children. We didn't think much of it, really, because this was the norm of behavior. Well, and still you know, is. Well, you think about it. Yahweh was a war god. You know, Yahweh was one of the uh, the gods of the Jewish people. You know, he told them to go out and conquer the Canaanites. Uh, you know, I mean, from the beginning, it was uh, about domination. It was about, uh, you know, about killing others who are not like me. <clears throat> and, you know, we still have that today. And, and we still have uh, it very much. We see it uh, basically every day somehow. And the feminine energy still has to fight for her place in, in society. And even because I'm Swedish. And in Sweden, you have a different kind of society, which is meant to be more equal. You know that men and women are totally equal. But what is equal? You have an elephant and a giraffe. Well, who is equal to whom? You know, what, you, know you should allow everyone to be what they are. And I feel what has been lost in Sweden is the feminine energy. And I mean that seriously. And when I say something about that, they get a little bit mad with me. But Sweden has turned into the most secularized country in the world, next to China, but in the Western world. And this is very, very sad that this is happening, because this is not the true spirit of the people. And spirituality is very big in Sweden. But well, you know, I, I think re religion has turned so many people off. You know, uh, I think people, so many people think about religion as only these Abrahamic religions, these authoritarian father religions, you know, Islam, Judaism, Christianity. And you look at the damage that they've done around the world, you know, trying to say they're yeah. the only way. And I, I, so I, I can understand why people would maybe choose secularism over, you know, over these dominator-type religions that Actually, foster... Actually, you right. Yes, I yeah, can see that Yeah, they foster so also. much violence and divisiveness. You know, yes. but but there's another side to, to religion, you know, and that's why we talk about the sacred feminine, because religion doesn't have to be like these religions have been on the planet. And, um, you know, when I go out and talk about the sacred feminine, I usually talk about it from three different perspectives. I'll talk about it as, as, a, as a deity, as a goddess in the sky, you know, just like God would be, if that's the way the audience, you know, thinks. I also talk about the sacred feminine as an archetype or role model for women and men, you know, because we do need um, role models to emulate and especially women, you know, who have been in these little boxes for so long. And then there's also ideals of the sacred feminine, which are so lacking in the world. And, you know, and, that's, and those ideals are what we need to have a more sustainable future, to have a future that's more just, more equal, um, and, you know, that's more uh, geared toward environmentalism to save the planet. So, you know, so there are different, you know, there are different avenues that take you to the sacred feminine. And, um, you know, so even if you're someone who's secular, you know, or a humanist, you know, you can 
see the values that the sacred feminine offers. You can see the role models and the archetypes that the sacred feminine offers. Even if you don't believe that maybe there's a goddess in the sky who you pray to and uh, maybe listens and, you know, it can affect your life. Yeah, because now I love Sweden. I love the Swedish people and I feel they have people, they are extremely talented and valuable people. And they have now recognized science as their big God. Everything has to be science. And you see it on TV, you hear it on the radio, and you're not really supposed to bring up anything spiritual. One radio show uh, host told me in Sweden, we are not supposed to talk about anything spiritual. They had been given that direction, and of course, this is government state controlled. Uh, so that's the way it is. That, but the people are longing for it. Sweden is my best market in Europe. <laughs> well, that's a shame, you know, because I can understand that, you know, look, I mean, I look at what's going on here in the United States, and it's shameful that, you know, we have so much of the country that doesn't even believe in evolution. So I can certainly understand wanting to embrace science, but science isn't the whole picture. You know, I think we we are missing so much if the spiritual element isn't there. But that doesn't mean that we can't be spiritual and embrace science at the same time. You know, one isn't exclusive of the other. You know, they belong together, and I have I have very good close friends who are scientists and they're very spiritual people and they actually say this is how they get their inspiration so spirituality is actually the beginning of science isn't it well and i I think we're seeing, seeing more and more where science and spirituality maybe are starting to run parallel or uh, you know, or or perhaps, um, you know, or meeting, you know, sort of meeting in the middle, you know, and, and that, you know, maybe is yet to happen. Uh, but you see every day where science is trying to prove the existence of God. So, um, you know, I, I, <laughs> but I think... But, of course, science is man-made. So you have with a human mind, you have to prove that there is spirit. And, of course, you cannot do that with the minds that we have in this dimension. Well, and, you know, just like you were talking about in your early life, um, you had these experiences. You know, I, too, have had experiences of goddess. And, uh, you know, some people might raise their eyes and say, oh, she's a crazy person. But, you know, once you have had one of these experiences, and and, and let me preface this by saying that I'm not one of these woo-woo people who this happens to all the time. You know, I don't delude myself. I'm not delusional. I'm very skeptical. So when a skeptical person who questions everything, who tends to be a little bit more left brain than right brain the way I am, when I've had some of these sort of spiritual experiences that it's hard to even have language for, you know there's something else. You know, it's undeniable. You might not be able to totally explain it. Or spiritual experiences, (laughs) there is not such a thing because they come from a completely different dimension. Words are limitation one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, how can you know the unknowable? How can you explain the unknowable? I mean, it's just like God. We can't, or goddess, we can't possibly know all the dimensions. And, you know, with our feeble, limited brains and, 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 um, and limited language, we do our best to explain it. Uh, but I think we would suffer uh, as, as humanity if we only, you know, if, if, we, if science became our God and there was no spiritual, uh, there, there was no spiritual aspect to our life. Yeah. Uh, one thing uh, I must say about Sweden, I don't, this kind of equal, uh, what they're trying, it, it has worked one way that has been very good, I feel, and it has made the men much softer much more human, I would say. Yeah. Um, and, the, and they allow the fathers to play a different part in the children's life than anywhere else. So here the fathers has to take the kids out, you know, uh, when, uh, when they can. 
And I remember I had some workmen in my home in Sweden. And uh, one day the workman said, he said, the others are coming, but I cannot come tomorrow because I have to take care of my son. My wife uh, cannot leave her work, so I was, we decided I was going to take the kid, you know. And I thought, this is wonderful, you know. And it makes, of course, the man much softer when he has to spend all that time with the children. Right. Instead of well, someone just who visits the kid some at times, you know, and takes them to football games and so on. Here he has to change the diapers and he has to do everything with the kid. Right. Well, you know, Helen, I'm glad you brought up men because um, you said earlier <clears throat> about, you know, sometimes when you heard Goddess, you thought it was only for lesbians. And, you know, there's a misconception out there about well, Goddess, goddess and the sacred yes. feminine. It, yes. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know and and let me say first of all you know the sacred feminine or goddess or divine feminine whatever you want to label it um, it's not just for lesbians it's not for just angry feminists and it is certainly for men and what you described that's happening in Sweden with men is sort of what people who are advocates of the sacred feminine vision for the United States for men new role models for men new archetypes for men. We talk about how men can become protectors, can become caregivers. They don't have to just be these warrior archetypes, these hero archetypes. You know, because men have um, suffered too by the loss of the sacred feminine. They have, uh, they have been conditioned out of having their nurturing side, their softer side. You know, because here in the United States, for instance, you know, if a man is, you know, maybe into the arts, um, you know, into the arts, or, you know, he's not a, this testosterone-driven warrior, you know, on the, you know, the kind of guy into sports on the football field. Well, you know, there's something wrong with him. You know, he's gay, or, um, you know, he's not That's a real true. man. That's what he yes. Yeah, but you know what? It, imagine the men who have tried to fit into that box who that's not really their authentic selves, you know? And and you think of the men who have missed the nurturing from their mothers, who haven't learned how to really be in relationship, who haven't really learned how to love, who haven't really learned, you know, how to nurture. Men have have lost a lot by the sacred feminine being um, driven underground, just like yes, women. Yes, it's very true. And I can think back during my childhood, uh, since I grew up with boys, and how the boys who were kind of softer and they didn't play like the, you know, rough like the other boys, they were kind of kicked out or they were kind of bullied one way or the other. And this couldn't have been good for them. Uh, you know, maybe these boys turned into those who, 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 who secluded themselves and you know, who, who wouldn't be part of society one way or the other because they were not allowed to be, you know, the uh, the real human being they were meant to be. And exactly. I remember my uh, my grandson, who is a, a wonderful boy. I have two grandsons, but this is the middle, the, the older one. When he was young uh, and was going out with me and his older sister shopping, uh, and he saw some girls' bags, you know, purses or bags with flowers on them. They were really pretty. And he said, I want one of those. <laughs> and, his sister, and his sister rolled her eyes. Oh, God, he's, he's gay, she said to me, you know. <laughs> and, and she kind of guided him over to some other bags where had some horrible male demons or monsters on them, and he didn't like those. And he still wanted that uh, little purse with the flowers. And I said, well, let's buy it for him. You know, he's not gay. He's totally normal the way I see it. But why should boys not be allowed to like pretty things, you know? Right. Right, exactly. It, you know, is so so society. You know, this patriarchal culture, this <clears throat> this hard authoritarian dominator 
um, you know, patriarchal society has damaged, you know, not just, you know, not just women by diminishing them, marginalizing men, uh, uh, women, uh, disempowering women. They've also damaged men, too. In other words, we've been out of balance. You know, just like you described Sweden is getting out of balance with the secularism, you know, we're out of balance, you know, in other parts of the country, too, uh, you know, because we don't have the sacred feminine. You know, we only have this, um, you know, the, this society that has, you know, it's come down from our mythology. You know, male god, male authority, everything else, you know, there to serve men. So we end up with this income inequality. We end up with, um, I mean, there's a whole host. Uh, I mean, there's a laundry list of issues. You know, we have domestic violence. We have, you know, women spending millions and millions of dollars going to plastic surgeons, trying to live up some, live up to some patriarchal idea of beauty. You know, we have uh, bride burning. We have infanticide, where in some parts of the world, if a female baby is born, uh, you know, they're killed because later on in life the family doesn't have money to provide a dowry or maybe just because they only value male babies. In the United States, you know, we still have women earning 70 cents on the dollar for the same work as men. Um, I I mean, there's so many, um, there's so much discrimination, so much sexism, and things have gotten really bad here lately in the United States in the last few years with the rise of the extreme right-wing party of Republicans, you know, uh, trying to uh, thwart women's access to contraception, you know, requiring vaginal probes if they want an abortion, which is a constitutional right. It's an amazing thing, yes. It's absolutely odd. And um, I was also thinking about in all this, now going back to Sweden, because I know Sweden so much and I love Sweden, and... um, how uh, what they're doing, which I have kind of well criticized, but not really criticized. I just made that observation. But in that so doing, that they bring in the men into the nurturing. Maybe this is how they are going to change the energy back into balance and into the goddess energy. Maybe it goes the other way well, instead that's a of the women. I I mean, I've also learned that in the Scandinavian countries, I don't know if it's Sweden, um, it might be Denmark, you you would probably know better than I, but they have something called the 40% solution, where after, you know, women, you know, the the country has paid for women to go to college, they want to utilize that talent. So they require corporations to have 40% of women in the boardroom, where, you know, unlike here in the United States, we have less than 20% of women in leadership in Congress and academia and religious institutions in corporate America. You know, they're, uh, you know, they're ahead of the curve, requiring that women be elevated and not continuing to be marginalized um, with this 40% solution. And my what I read about it was at first corporations complained about it, but five years into the program, they realized that women actually do have different sorts of ideas, you know, different ways of doing things that have benefited these co- these companies. So, yes. you know, it, it balance, 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 balance is Everything the key. Everything is, of course, balance in the universe. We have to be in balance to keep our physical bodies in in a healthy shape and form. (laughs) Everything is balanced. And, of course, we haven't been in balance on this planet. So you feel that the goddess energy is the future for our world? I do, because um, goddess is about balance. You know, balance in everything. Um, you know, because uh, because first of all, goddess is nature. One aspect of of goddess is nature, and we see if an ecosystem is out of balance, then 
chaos reigns, you know. I mean, species start to die, you know. Uh, things get out of kilter like we have on the planet today. So goddess teaches the importance of balance. I mean, the ancient Egyptians um, used to uh, seek out balance because they knew if they didn't have balance, chaos would reign. And, you know, they had that ancient wisdom that we've lost today. So, yeah, I, I think the future is goddess. That's why you're seeing, I think, these uprisings everywhere because people are tired of the imbalance. You know, they're tired of income inequality. They're tired of, um, you know... Of domination. The, they're tired yeah. of being dominated by minds who are not as good as theirs, <laughs> if you put well, it Well, yeah, you know, and, and it's all about the haves and the have-nots, you know. Or here in the United States, remember when Occupy Wall Street, you know, the 99% and the 1%. For too long, all the power and, you know, and the control has been in the hands of the 1%. And I think the reason why these ideas of goddess and balance and equality and justice are more on the lips of people and in the minds of people because never before you know in our lifetimes can we remember when things have been so out of balance you know it used to just have been a small minority of people were disadvantaged you know and we had this thriving middle class well the middle class is dying you know well we that's see... something that's happening all over right now and i talk about this to people just about every day how they are complaining that they cannot do this and that anymore. Somebody I thought was pretty well off in on, in Miami the other day, she said, I don't know people who have those dinner parties we used to have anymore because we cannot afford them any longer. And this was someone who was socially prominent. Right. And she would say such a thing. She said, we can't afford dinner parties because, you know, the money goes to their survival. <laughs> Right. Well, and you see, I think that's the difference. There are more people being affected now. So, you know, and where it used to just be fewer people affected, well, you know, it sort of went under the radar screen. But now this, you know, this opportunity, uh, you know, the lack of opportunity, the lack of uh, equality, the lack of sustainability, it's affecting so many more people now. You know, it's so out of balance that people are saying, you know what, this isn't working anymore, and we need a new normal. And if, if, and if they want to look beyond the secular, if they want to look to a spiritual dimension, the sacred feminine offers the ideals and the values and the role models that bring us more into balance, that offer us ideas that can provide a more sustainable future. For instance, um, you know, we, we, sacred feminine is more about development than growth. You know, we don't have to keep growing and growing and growing because our resources are not infinite. So we have to start thinking about, well, how do we develop what we have instead of trying to grow, 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 you know, when we you know can't... Something about the, the sacred feminine that we uh, kind of maybe are skeptical about, but sacred feminine doesn't hurt anyone. It doesn't hurt anything. Whereas what we have lived with throughout now with the male-oriented energy, uh, the control and the uh, just watching over us, it has always hurt people. It has taken away our creativity, our freedom. Well, and another way it's been described is, you know, what we are living under now, the patriarchy, this dominator model, it's about winners and losers, where the sacred feminine tries, aims for a level playing field where we have winners and winners. It's kind of like in game theory, where there are winners. It doesn't hurt anyone. It's not out to dominate anyone. It's not. Yeah, everybody tries to get something. It, 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 you know, it, there isn't somebody who gets it all and the rest are left empty, you know. Um, so, so with that, so, I'm saying, why should anyone have anything against the goddess, well, <laughs> you know, he, as a future in, in, for our world? I mean, well, why should anyone protest against it and even be skeptical against it? Because it's never hurt anyone. Well, if you're you know, immoral... just such a common sense, simple sentence. Well, it is. It, 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 it is 
uh, you know, very, very much so, um, Helena. But think of it this way. If you're the 1%, if you're one of those 400 people in the United States that, that hold 80% of the wealth while the rest of the millions of us hold 20% of the wealth, if you want to hold on to that greed, if you want to hold on to that, um, the laws that you have bought in Congress to be able to exploit workers, you know, if, if you are benefiting from this imbalance, if you are benefiting from, you know, your advantages to be able to exploit people, to use people, to, uh, you know, pay people a, a wage that isn't even a living wage, well, then you don't want the sacred feminine. You want to keep this dominator model in place so of that course, your life but doesn't you're a change. Minority. That's, again, what I'm saying. You know, the majority should go along with this goddess Absolutely. philosophy. Absolutely. And if, if the minority really would be against it. Well, so why should we thinking, listen to them? Well, if if you're thinking about your economic interests, if you're thinking about your uh you know, your social interests, you know, then you would go along with the sacred feminine because yeah, we it's, have to. It, it's about you know it, it's about the 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 have nots you know, finally getting some, uh, you know, getting some equality and justice instead of just continuing to be exploited. Yeah, so then there are interests out there who want to stop this kind of uh, philosophy with the goddess. Oh, of and course. And they make sure and, that it is stopped. And, they have and they're the ones that so. say stuff like, oh, you know, you have these um, evangelical dominionists who you know, like Sarah Palin and Ted Cruz, who say the goddess is, um, you know, uh, the, the, you know, has something to do with Satan. You know, um, you know, it, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, you actually yeah. have people who think uh, the, you know, the sacred feminine is, is Satan. And well, but, I saw that on the Internet today. I just checked, you know, Google a little bit, and I came up to something when someone had exactly that. It was connected with Satan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for instance, you know, you see Columbia, the goddess Columbia, uh, the goddess of freedom, stands on top of the Capitol building in Washington. You had uh, these evangelical dominionists who wanted to pull her down and put Christ up there because they thought the United States was intended to be a Christian uh, nation, which it wasn't by the founding fathers, and, but, but that she is of Satan, so they wanted to put uh, Christ up there. You know, it, there are people who really just don't know better. You know, they have heard yeah, these, I think it's heard these it kinds is, of... It's ignorance. Yes. Don't you think yes. it's ignorance uh, that is the dominator in this all that people Yeah, don't I will know. It's, it's fear, you know, people, you know, people are controlled by fear. You know, people yeah. and, and re- religion breeds fear. I mean, think about when you were a kid and, you know, you heard on Sunday that if you don't do everything God wants you to do, you're going to burn in hell. I mean, religion was designed to control the masses. But, you know, the sacred feminine isn't like that. You know, there's no penalty for denying the sacred feminine. She doesn't say you're going to go to hell if you don't follow me, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's really interesting when you think about it. You know, not only is the sacred feminine not dominator, but it's also not fear-based. And it, it's not, really which just... is beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, maybe now, the way it was always intended to be, but, you know, things got hijacked um, a yeah. long time ago, you know. Yeah, and uh, what was the tipping point in history that made us turn the way where we are now? Well, you know, there are lots of different theories. Um, There are some theories, um, there's probably five or six theories out there that uh, that changed things, uh, that, that shifted people away from the sacred feminine. Uh, there's, there's one theory that there was climate change and when the ice age came in and the earth was no longer abundant and, you know, people didn't have, you know, all of these 
uh, you know, growing things around and life became more difficult, they turned on nature. They turned on the goddess because of climate change. There's uh, another a theory out there about the alphabet and the goddess. When, when, uh, when people started to be able to read and write and became more left brain, right brained ideas, which a lot of these are goddess ideas, uh, shifted out of, um, you know, out, out of, the people's psyches. Uh, there's the Maria Gimbutas theories that the you know the uh, hordes of people, uh, Indo-Europeans, I believe the Kurgans, uh, you know, came down from like the you know northern parts of. Uh, I don't know, like India or Mongolia, I forget exactly. I, I might not have the countries right, but these these hordes came down and, you know, they, they rode horses, they had weapons, they had sky gods. The, over time, you know, they, they infiltrated the more peaceful egalitarian societies of, of goddess and, you know, they just sort of obliterated them because, you know, these weren't, uh, you know, these goddess societies were not uh, warlike. You know, they weren't prepared to defend themselves against these hordes. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a lot That's... of different theories, you know, about how things shifted away, you know, thousands of years ago. Um, and, and what you see happened was, <clears throat> you know, goddess suddenly goes from being the almighty at the top to then suddenly she's some god's consort, you know, uh, she's gradually diminished, you know, until she, until she then just disappears altogether, you know. Um, so first she's on the top, then she's some god's wife, and then, you know, we see her just sort of disappear altogether and, or yeah. then even become demonized. Yeah, it, it, it's a, a crazy thing that is happening that we allow it, that we allow it to happen. And I tell uh, my, when I give my workshops, and it's not on the subject quite like this. It's only to take care of your own feminine energy and the power within you and how you activate it. And uh, because we all have those strong spiritual powers within us. And, uh, but then I always tell people, or they're usually women, of course, in the groups, and uh, I tell them when they go home to mention that they have, what they have been taught. And men say, oh, I don't dare say this to my husband because he will laugh at me. And I say, why? You know, stand up for the one that you are. Stand up for what you believe in. Husbands are very understanding. Husbands are also very curious. They want to know. And I've had so many husbands who come with their wives to a workshop, and they said, oh, can I just sit and rest a little bit before I drive off or something like this? And I always said, oh, yeah, stay for a little while. And they have always stayed for the whole day, for the whole workshop. <laughs> or they have we had traveled somewhere and we had a week-long workshop. And they came also, but they, they wanted to play golf while the women were in my workshop. And I always said, oh, come just for the introduction the first night and see what it's about. I'm sure you're curious what it is about. And say, yeah, I'll come. And they have all stayed through the week. They have attended. They have paid their fare, so to speak, and stayed through the week because this was interesting. So I feel that women should not be afraid of telling their husbands and boyfriends and fiancés and so on what they are thinking and feeling and what they're doing. Well, I agree. Because the men are interested. They're curious. Well, they're interested, and it's really important that the men find their own sacred feminine, just like it's important that women find their own divine masculine. You know, these women that are afraid to empower themselves and stand up to their husbands or, or suggest these new ideas, well, you know, they haven't found their masculine, you know. And, and you know, I was, I was uh, taking some Kabbalah classes, and it was re very interesting to hear them say that they believed unless men actually learn to incorporate the sacred feminine within themselves, they will never achieve wholeness, they will never achieve joy, they will never really achieve the most successful and happy life that they can achieve. And again, this we're going so back to balance, Helena. Yes, you that's know? fantastic. Yeah, that is I mean, pointed so it, out like you do it. I think this sounds yeah. very, very good. 
Yeah, I mean, so, because, um, again, it's it's about balance with ourselves, you know, just looking at it from a different perspective. Yeah. Because, you know, you so think about men... So now I wanted men... to ask you, because I wrote this question down, what makes the Da Vinci Code so relevant for today's seekers? Well, you know, the Da Vinci Code uh, was out a long time ago, and, um, gee, I wonder if <clears throat> how many people even remember it, but um, I thought it was important, not that everything in it was entirely factual. You know, there were some problems with a few of the facts, but I thought it was really important because it really opened up dialogue. You know, there were people who discovered goddess for the first time because of the Da Vinci code you know and you know they learned about how christianity obliterated paganism you know on the you know by with violence you know by on the end of a knife and it, and i think it was important for people who had never heard about any of this stuff to realize you know what there's some stuff that we maybe ought to be looking into because they aren't teaching that from the pulpit on Sunday. You know, we all have to be responsible <laughs> for our own education. You know, yeah. we can't just stop learning. Um, you know, we, we can't just take everything we learn at the dinner table or the pulpit or from, you know, organized uh, institutions. You know, that can't be the end of our education because everybody has an agenda in what they teach us. I mean, here in the United States, for instance, for your international audience, you know, we have a Texas, a very conservative Bible Belt state that controls uh, to a large degree what goes in the school books of children. They have been trying to keep out of these school books contributions by Thomas Jefferson because he was a founding father that was for separation of church and state. He was one of the founding fathers that didn't believe the United States should be founded on Christianity. They're trying to keep out uh, contributions uh, by black people, by liberals. You know, this is crazy stuff. And this is when, you know, I didn't know all that. And yes. I think this is, uh, you know, the, the case out there. We don't know what's going on of this kind. Well, and, you know, and I think the way things are now where people are struggling so hard just to put food on the table to make ends meet, it makes it harder for people to know what's going on because, you know, they're so busy, they're like a hamster on a wheel just trying to pay the rent yeah, making and put a food living. on the table. Yes, yeah, so that it, it, I almost feel like it's a plot, you know. It, it, that might sound a little crazy. Well, but maybe you, this is a, a plot. What about the, the Illuminati? How does that fit in? Do you ever talk about that kind of thing? <laughs> I was just curious. Well, you know, I don't. Uh, I haven't researched it. Um, I do believe that there, I, I mean, you know, there's so many different stories out there, and, and I don't want to misquote or misspeak, but I do believe that the 1%, if you want to call the Illuminati the 1%, I do think there's a, there's a relatively small group of people pulling all the strings. You look at here in the United States, if you have 400 people holding 80% of the wealth while, you know, while the rest of us have 20% of the wealth, what's that? I mean, that's probably not what most people think of the Illuminati, but that definitely points to the fact that you have a very small percentage of rich, elite, powerful people on the planet who have control of our governments, who, you know, who are the billionaires that are writing the laws, that are keeping things um, uh, you know, out of balance so that there's equality, you know. They're writing the laws so that the taxes, you know, they don't have to pay any taxes and the tax burden ends up on the middle class who is making yeah. fewer and making less and less money to keep the economy going, you know. But then it, it, there it, are those billionaires, so to speak, who do want to change the world, like Bill Gates and uh, you have... Even the movie industry, you have Steven Spielberg who, who makes those movies really show us about the goddess energy and, and he shows his spirituality. He's not always understood, 
but um, there are people out there who are wanting to change the world, even if they are very rich. <laughs> you know? Well, I agree with you. There, there are. Yeah. You know, I look at James Cameron, for instance, that wonderful movie Avatar. Yeah. I uh, look at Avatar as Scottish Church. Movie. <laughs> I think yeah, I it mean, was the best uh, movie I have seen, and even my grandchildren said so, of course, just spontaneously. They stood up and said, this was the best movie, you know, and they were young because well, you it know, had this extension well, of imagination and thought in it. Well, it, and besides that, you know, you had the sacred feminine. I mean, the sacred feminine, it was, a, you know, you had nature. I remember when Jake kneels at the, the you know, the tree of souls and he yes. prays to the goddess on Pandora, and he prays to the goddess, and he says, um, you know, tomorrow my people, the sky people, they're coming to destroy you. They've already destroyed their earth, their planet, and now they're coming to destroy you. And remember, yeah. they, it was the corporations that were behind all of this. Yes, and it and, said it straight out, too. It was. Uh, yeah. So... It really had a very, very strong message with it. And uh, it, again, because of that, it was the best film I feel I've seen. It yeah. was so big in, in everything. You know? Well, you know, so you the, really uh, have to one, get out of this planet to, to, to make it so big. Well, and, and it had such a powerful influence that, you know, one of the, the Pope actually had one of his spokespersons come out and say that nature will never be religion. So you know, it, you know, it was making an, it was making an impact because yes. the goddess is nature. You know, so in a way, I felt like the Pope was almost making a statement, um, it, it, almost a statement against the goddess. You know, when when his spokesperson said nature will never be religion, um, in a way that was almost saying, you know, all of those values of the sacred feminine, um, you know, don't pay attention to those things. You know, we've got to keep things yeah. exactly as they are. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it's However, frustrating. you know, the new pope, he will not, he would not say that. I can't believe I don't think so. Uh, no. th there was something that came out today, I think, uh, from the Guardian saying that um, the Pope, our new Pope Francis, is a Democrat. And um, <laughs> well, and, and you know, honestly, if you read uh, read my new book that's out, I talk a little bit about the politics of the sacred feminine. Um, I actually say and give you know, citations that back it up, that if you were to assign a political affiliation to the goddess, the goddess would be a Democrat, you know, because... Well, of course. It's, uh, I yeah. just think it's so funny that um, they would go and say those things about the police, a Democrat, and put it immediately in some kind of box, you know. This is what we tend to do about it. We put each other in boxes, describing us, and, of course, without realizing the one box we are in has open sides. It's not a box. Well, you know, true. I mean, it's, it's, it's dangerous, you know, to put people in boxes. But, you know, when you, when you, look, um, you, when you look historically and when you look sociologically at the difference between uh, Democrats and Republicans or liberals and conservatives, you find that oftentimes conservatives will side with the institution even if the institution oppresses. And that's what we have. We have domination and oppression. It's almost as if to keep order, to keep things the way they've always been, they will tolerate domination and oppression rather because they fear change. They're very fear-based. But um, sociologically, liberals are more open-minded. They're willing to explore new ideas. And, you know, they're willing to have, you know, more voices. And that, that's why if you... For instance, you, and you can see it play out in reality. You look at a Republican um, convention for president, and you see all of these white faces, uh, 90, pro probably 90% of the people in the room are Christian, and it's mostly mm -hmm. dominated by men. And you look at a Democratic convention, and it's different. You have women in power, you have black people, you have other religions, yeah, you have gays. You have cross-section. 
That's yeah, true. it's a much you know, this broader This has been so interesting here. I look at the time, and we have very few minutes left. It has been a, a, a great show, and I think we would run a little bit over the time. But before we uh, do so, I think for, for anyone who listens live, uh, please uh, talk a little bit about um, how you can, um, how people can reach you. Your website, oh, thank, for instance. Thank you, and, Helena. Um, well, um, the easiest way you. to reach me um, is my website, and the website is my name, Karen Tate, K-A-R-E-N-T-A-T-E. And I would invite your listeners to go there. I hope they will. Um, you can find my radio show there, Voices of the Sacred Feminine. It comes on once a week, and I have archives there for the last eight years. Um, I have a brand-new book coming out called Goddess Calling, that's only just And where now. can we get the book? In the bookstore or Amazon? Uh, either way, it's uh, available for pre-orders right now, and um, I am hoping for a lot of pre-orders, and the book will actually be physically available uh, not too long from now. So go on Amazon and uh, put your order in. It's uh, called Goddess Calling, Messages and Meditations of Sacred Feminine Liberation Theology because I really do believe it's the message of the sacred feminine that will set us free. It's our liberation. Yeah. And what I understand, you have dedicated your life to, uh, to this subject. Well, I, I believe, you know, this is about social justice. You know, this is about, uh, you know, this is about equality. This is about peace. This is about harmony. This is about balance. And it's so important that we get back to those things. We have to get away from greed and power over and domination and inequality and injustice. And we see it's rampant in the world, and we all have to find the courage and empower ourselves, you know, find our sacred roar, you know, to stand up. And if you need the sacred feminine as your ally, she's there, you know. Um, or, you know, and, and uh, it, 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 the time has come, you know. We, we have to change the world, and I think we can. I think we have to, don't we? I think we are. Uh, it's necessary for us to change the world somehow. One, you know, to go into a new direction because uh, I think we are just going to finish off ourselves the way we are going now with the chemicals and and with the power games and and with even you know the electronics taking over we cannot communicate properly anymore we cannot read time anymore we we go dig, digital with everything we teach our kids not to to communicate with each other we create the world without wisdom because we don't collect experiences from this yeah world. i i, I there, there's so much value and and uh logic there and what you've said helena you know i mean people sit behind their computers rather than going out and you know mingling among people you know uh so yeah and I make mean, I conversation think you know and have exchange of words exchange of, of, of opinions you know and ideas you know, yes. um, and, and yeah, I mean, we have the, the, I mean, you look at Fukushima, you know, I mean, uh, that, that disaster, I mean, there's, that has not been solved, but you don't hear about it in the news. You know, you just had the, these uh, rivers, I think it was in Virginia or Kentucky, I forget where, you know, the, the rivers polluted by, um, you know, this uh, people who provide uh, materials for the coal industry. You had the, uh, you know, you, you had the in the Gulf of Mexico, you had that oil platform that polluted the Gulf, and you have all of these dead zones. I mean, we need to wake up. You know, we need to yeah, wake we need up. To wake and, up. And, and I would like to finish off on the little note that no, this is a beautiful world. <laughs> this is a is. wonderful planet, and people are good people, basically. And if I would die tomorrow and people would, someone would ask me, what do you think of this world? What, will you, what is the memory you have with you from this world? I would say the kindness of people because I've seen more kindness of people around me than I've seen the other way around. I really mean that. I've seen people have gone out of their way sometimes to do good things. I've seen people help me in a way that I couldn't believe was possible. I really mean, mean there is a kind heart 
in us people and that we should bring that out. That is really the thing that is called the feminine energy and the goddess energy, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's that sort of mentality we need at the top. You know, that is uh, what we need at the top, and that's what we have to strive for. So maybe we'll all try to strive up to the top and just make the world <laughs> that way. Well, you know, I, I so think we all have to you. start taking some responsibility. You know, we yeah. all have to get active, and we can't just rely on it to just happen or somebody else to do it. You know, if no, we all we just have do, to do our it. little and piece. And I say this to, to, to my uh, women out there everywhere. Stand up for your rights. Stand up for what you believe in. Stand up who you are. And I say that to the men also. Believe in your feminine side of yourself because it is that. I've seen it. I know men. <laughs> they yeah, have believe, a very in, believe in goodness. You know, believe yes. in goodness because, you know, goodness is really what's most important. You know, what's best for the most of us, what's, you know, the common good um, you know, that's sort of been lost in this um, mentality of the I and the me and the selfishness and the greed. So, Karen, I would like to thank you. And I would like to, actually, I would like to continue, but I think it's time to finish. We've gone a little bit over the time, but it will be in the archives so everyone can hear this. So I will meet with you soon again. Until next time, I say goodbye, but before that, my website is www.speakingtoyourheart.com. And I also have www, I say that just to give you a little breathing time, body-soul connection, bodysoulconnection.com. Those two are different sites. Many people think it's the same, but it's not. They're two different ones. So thank you for being with me, Karen, again. And thank you all. And keep in touch with me. Next time I'm going to do Q&As, questions and answers a lot, because I have lots of questions waiting for, uh, for, for answers. So tune in again soon. Thank you so much. Goodbye, thank everyone. You, Goodbye, Karen. Goodbye, world. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>